Well, it's our season-ending recap episode, and we've got a ton to dive into. We've got the NASCAR championships all wrapped up. Me and Keith will dive into the Xfinity Series race and the NASCAR Cup Series as Blaney brings home the cup. Um, Just so you know, we're not going to touch on the trucks. We ain't got time for that clown show. Uh, We also got a ton in the way of dirt news with High Limit and the Outlaws. Drivers starting to pick sides, so we'll dive into that. And then to finish out the show, Keith and I will make our ridiculously too early driver predictions and evaluations for 2024. So it is a jam-packed episode. Definitely one of the longer ones we've done in a while. So sit back, hope you enjoy it. And let's dive right in. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Three Wide in the Middle with me, Thomas Bennett. And joining me back this week, my man Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going? What's up? I'm finally back. Yes. I Survive the move. <laughs> Survive the move. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were talking before we started the pod, and yeah, it's uh, there's nothing fun about moving. There's nothing no. fun about moving. It's no, it's horrible. Yeah, we're we're looking for a house right now. Um, hopefully, you know, beginning of this next year, we'll we'll get we'll be able to get one, and. I can just tell you right now, I'm not moving my stuff. I'm not doing it. Um, I will pay somebody to do that before I do it. I have, I, I hate moving. I cannot stand it. I remember, you know, years ago, I moved like five times in a year and a half. It sucked. I and it's just I will not do it anymore. Done. So, yeah, it was not fun. It's wasn't not fun at all. And then, then like we were talking off air, throw in working yep. your full-time job. And then it, cause you, in today's world, you can't take off. No. If you take off, put yourself behind by a lot. And it made it rough, but I survived it and I'm back. Thank goodness I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness. Glad to have you back. So uh, we got a bunch of stuff. Obviously we got to put a big bow on the racing season as a whole. NASCAR wraps up at Phoenix. We had the World Finals. We got everything, all the big news uh, with High Limit World Racing Group drivers already deciding where they're going to go. Bit of house cleaning really quick. This will be the last show for a while. Um, We will be back, but it's going to be a while. So we'll have this show today and then we'll be off until after thanksgiving most likely we'll be back sometime around the beginning of december first or second week of december i don't know which one yet it'll really depend on news as news comes out um the next show because that'll be basically i'm hoping we'll get to talk about what's going on you know confirmed with high limit and um world of outlaws and you know all of that stuff so uh We'll be back in December, and then we'll have one show in December, and then we'll be off again until after the holiday season, so after Christmas and New Year's, and then we will be back and have our big Chili Bowl show to kick off the year, since that's the biggest event, obviously, um, 
in January. It's kind of the only event. I mean, I know there's late model race and indoor season, whatever. It's basically chili bowl. Um, so we'll be back for that. So yeah. Um, anyways, let's, let's dive in because, uh, in today's open, I want to talk about, as we were just, just mentioned, um, the world of outlaws tour, obviously specifically on the sprint car side, because this is what is getting all the attention, especially now as world racing group seems to really be stepping up their game financially across the board. This is one of the things that is good about competition. I, I, I talk about this all the time. Um, I am at heart, right? Uh, a capitalist. Okay. That's, that's, I believe in like free market capitalism. I think that you have a level playing field and then those who go out and compete, it's good for the consumer. Okay. That's my personal beliefs. And we see this all the time. Okay. If you look at what Amazon has done, right? People can look at that and be like, oh my God, Amazon's taking over the world. But if you actually look at it, they've done a lot of good, right? If you think back, 10, I mean, I tell you now, when I was in high school, had you told me that I would be able to order literally anything that I wanted online and I could have it in two days, I'd have been like, dude, you're nuts. But not only that, but it changed the game for other businesses. You had to adapt or die. Walmart, who was considered, right, the great evil of the world, remember they were coming in and killing local grocery stores and retail shops and, oh, my God, they're so evil. Walmart had to adapt. They had to change. They had to introduce shipping and all these different ways for you to get your stuff, right? Target had to do the same thing. You saw these changes across the board, and those that could not change, it could not adapt, died. And that's the way it should be. World Racing Group, the World of Outlaws, has been the only game in town when it comes to a national sprint car tour for a very long time. And you can look at that and you can see that they had gotten complacent. They really had. There's no other way to put it. They've been doing the same old 10 to win, 1,000 to start shows for years. And you cannot tell me that they haven't needed to increase that. If you look at just the cost alone to compete at that level, they've needed to increase that. Right? And it didn't have to be much. It's not like they had to come out and be like, okay, instead of going 10, 10 to win, 1,000 to start on our, you know, our prelims or regular shows were going 20,000 to win two to start. They didn't have to do that. They just had to up it a little bit. And that's what they've done. It's 12.5 now, you know, and 12.50 to start. Awesome. That's great. They increased the tow money. Incredible. That's amazing. And you look at what Husets has done now with their high bank hustle that they've added, which is going to be a huge four-day weekend now for the high bank nationals. You've got the high bank hustle on Wednesday and Thursday. Thursday night will pay $100,000 to the winner. And then you've got the high bank nationals, which is the highest outlaw sanction. It's the highest event period because we do not they're not going to be running in Eldora Million again this year. But it's $250,000 to win, $5,000 to start. That's huge. Then they've also added a Labor Day weekend show where it'll be $40,000 to win. That's huge. And the outlaws are stepping up in a big way. Now, obviously, that's Husits, but it's with the outlaws. And when you look at the outlaws increasing purse money, tow money, all this deep, all these different things, there is a direct 
correlation to that. And that direct correlation is the establishment of high limit racing. Keep in mind, it's no longer high limit sprint car series. It's high limit racing. Uh, this has gotten many people to think that we will see new forms of racing added to high limit, particularly dirt lane models. Now, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's out there, and you can go look this up on the rumor mill and everything else where people think you've already got people connecting the dots between flow racing since they have a minority stork in high limit where they're going to be, you know, potential Lucas oil late model series. Maybe they're going to go to high, you know, or maybe the flow racing night in America series. is going to be fall under the high limit banner. I don't know until we can even get the sprint car schedule out. Let's pump the brakes on, on high limit taking over the dirt world. Okay. What I will say is, is that you've got essentially now the lines drawn. We talked about this before and Brad Sweet, which we knew was going to happen and case car owner Casey Kane have both committed to the high limit sprint car series. And David Gravel came out last night and he is committed to the world of outlaw series. No shocker there. David Gravel sponsored by Husets. Um, you know, obviously Husets tied to the role of outlaws. They have zero ties to high limit. They don't have a high limit race on the schedule. And you are going to see now these teams beginning to announce who they're going to be running with. And I'm going to be honest. I think we're going to see the vast majority of the outlaw teams stay with the outlaws. Um, make no mistake about it. Okay, the, the world of outlaws is still the world of outlaws, and they've dealt with this before. They've had challenges before, and the outlaws always came out on top. Now, they've never had a challenge like this. Okay, this is a completely different game. You've got two of the best dirt drivers in the world, right? One, Kyle Larson, considered by many to be the best all around race car driver in the world, which you can definitely make that argument. Brad Sweet five-time outlaw champion and he's basically riding off into the sunset with the belt and you can make the argument that whoever wins the championship for the outlaws next year is going to have an asterisk next to that championship which i don't think is fair but that will be the case nevertheless we see it all the time in sports right we see it all the time in sports especially from your super fanboys Remember when the New England Patriots won the Super Bowl next year, Tom Brady blows out his knee first game of the season. The team that won that Super Bowl, that well, the Patriots didn't have a chance to defend the title. It's like, come on, give me a break, dude. Really? Seriously? Like, that's going to be your argument. But that's the argument that people will make. And people are going to make that next year for whoever wins the Outlaw Championship, unless they come out and set the world on fire. And I think that's what you're going to need to see is you're going to need to see a driver not only win the championship, but dominate that championship for there to be no doubt like, hey, they would have done this with or without Brad Sweet being here. Now, obviously, only time will tell on that. we got a long ways to go before we discuss who we think is going to be the 2024 Outlaw Champion. But the lines are being drawn. We're going to see what happens with both these series. Um, Keith, you and I were talking before the show that fast is going to be with the high limit for the Ohio uh, sprint speed week, which is huge. That's huge. In my opinion, I was, I was worried that we weren't going to have that, um, 
after High Limit bought the All-Stars just because that's been a, a mainstay for the All-Stars for, my God, like forever, as long as I can remember. Yeah, uh, years. Yeah. I'd say 30-plus years. Yeah, and keep in mind, folks, for those of you who don't understand this, uh, you know, all you non-wing people out there, imagine CRA coming in, buying USAC, and then canceling Indiana Sprint Week. Okay, like that's that's what you, that's kind of what you're looking at here, right? If there's no Ohio Sprint Week on the wing side of things, so we're fast to to be doing it. Um, you know, high limit with them. However, they're gonna, however they're merging that or or doing that partnering. I don't know. Obviously, details I'm sure will come out about that, but it's a good thing, and I'm glad to see it. And we will definitely see who's going to be choosing which series moving forward. Um, it's going to be interesting, man. I, I've heard a lot of people saying Rico's going to go high. I don't think Rico's going to pick a series. I think he's going to do what he's always done. In my opinion. I, I completely agree with that. Like I've seen like a 50, 50 split. Well, he's going to yeah. go high limit because of Kyle and he's going to go to outlaws because now it opens up a door for more than Brad sweet to be a champion there. Yeah. I think he's I think he continues to do what he does. I think he runs the high limit midweek stuff for mm-hmm. sure. Yep. But I th- my heart's telling me he's going to go outlaw racing, but I could see him doing the true outlaw tour. And yep. the good thing is is and this is one thing I love about the high limit stuff is they're not capping their guys to one series. No, they're not. They're not. And I think and I think that's the best thing about it between that and the more than $5 million being put up for driver payouts, which is huge in sprint car racing yeah. in general. The frustrating thing that I find with all this, and me and you kind of talked about it off air is now the outlaws is stepping up. Yeah. When they get just a little bit of competition, they step their game up just a little bit because I mean, shit, their payouts have been the same for what? 30 years. Since their inception, yeah. I mean, now yeah. obviously there's more, there's more money in the sport overall because those are the yeah. standard pays, yeah. and we can talk about that, right? And and obviously there That's are more hundred thousand, yeah, there are more hundred thousand to win shows and stuff like that than there ever have been. But when you look at the the floor, and this is the thing that people have to understand, right? As a business owner, you are far more interested in the guarantee, right? The minimum. I need to know, right? As I I own two businesses, both of them are successful. But when I go into a job, all right, whether it's me putting on an event myself on, you know, my online business or doing a windshield job, right? Quoting a a job for a a body shop or or an individual. I have to know the floor. What's the absolute minimum amount of money that I'm going to be able to bring in on this job? You have to know that because if you don't know that, then there's no way that you can plan out your season. And when you are looking at $1,000 to start a feature, right? And you start adding up, okay, even with tow money, even with X, Y, Z, all this stuff, can we make it through the year? And if so, who am I going to have driving for me? We don't want to just finish 20th, right? We don't want to be 24th. We don't want to just start. We want to be competing for wins. So that matters. And increasing it, even if it's just 15, 20, 25% is huge, huge because the costs have increased what 
<laughs> I mean, what's it cost now to run a sprint car? Like, not more. <laughs> yeah. Five times more than it was 10, 15 years ago. It's insane. So, you know, these guys, these teams are spending 750 on the low end a year on the absolute minimum to run their teams. More, more of them are far more, you know, far closer to a million dollars a year. Um, that's a lot of money to spend. And when you start doing the math, even when you look at like the drivers, right? And what it costs for the teams to run, you take Shark Racing this year and they are one of the more efficient teams, right? In terms of what they spend and, and how they operate. Logan Schuhart made well over a million dollars this year. All right. Even if he's on a, let's say he's on a 50-50 split in terms of, you know, winnings, half that goes to the team. That team, just on what they've made, right? If you start counting in the tow money and the points fund on stuff like that, they might be at a slight profit, maybe. Now, obviously, sponsors and all that stuff like that, that's where you got, that, that takes you far into the black. But you've got to have that, that floor raised because that cost has gone way, way up. Way up. I mean, even regionally. You know, I talk about my my buddy who owns sprint cars and and runs, you know, up and down the West Coast. Um, I was just talking to him a couple of days ago, and he's wanting to put together a four ten, and we were talking about what that's going to cost him, you know, to to put that together, and then to get a drive, you know, to get a because that four ten that he's wanting to put together, that's not for his, you know, up and coming nephews. He's wanting to put a an actual hot shoe in that car. For events so what does that mean that means he's got to he's got to get somebody in there who's legit he's going to have to give them a legitimate chunk of the purse right and when you start looking at the numbers it's a razor thin margin and not everybody can just start you know doing the business route and, and sponsoring it and writing stuff off as you know for taxes and everything else like it, there's a lot to it so World Racing Group stepping up and saying, hey, look, we're going to increase these these amounts. We're going to start doing this. I think it's huge. I really do. Um, and I, I'm happy that they're doing that. I think it's five years late, but better late than never. And, you know, I'm with you, Keith. It sucks that it took this formation of, of high-limit racing to really get their butts in gear. But at the end of the day, that's what it usually takes most companies, most corporations. It takes a challenge from somebody else to finally say, "Hey, let's let's get this let's get this ball rolling." So, and, and to be honest, it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that we've seen this happen with Mike Hess leaving right in the middle of a season to join High Limit mm -hmm. when they're only running what twelve? They they twelve only races. Have they had twelve midweek races. That was it. When he joined High Limit, they probably had four races left, three races left. Yeah, it was almost like, at the huh. end of the season. Yeah, and, it, and it, that's when my head scratching started. Like, wonder what they're about to do. Because why would Mike Hess leave his full-time cushy gig with the World Racing Group to go join High Limit? Unless if they have something up their sleeve. Because that ain't the only person that left then I, no. from what i heard there was other officials that left when mike hess left to join high limit and then brian walker that does the wikipedia stuff on twitter or x whatever you want to call it 
he joined high limit at the beginning of the season. So mm-hmm. it's almost like this has been planned. This has been planned yeah. for a long time. Um, I couldn't pick two of the better people to, to do it. Um, I got in a, a heated argument with somebody that has zero sprint car knowledge. They, they, they stated, well, Kyle Larson's going to struggle in NASCAR because of this. This is going to be a huge distraction. I completely disagree with that. (laughs) It's not going to happen because he's going to have people put in place to take care of stuff while he's not there. Brad Sweet's joining to run full-time. He will be there also to take care of things. This ain't just a, well, I'm going to take care of it from the racetrack. That ain't going to happen. Tony Stewart ran Eldora Speedway for how many years while racing Mm -hmm. on top of any other racetrack that he was involved in and his other race teams. This ain't going to be a distraction to Kyle. No, not at all. No, these guys are not idiots. People are fucking clueless and they just speak. speak. Yeah, they're they're going to they're going to get the best people that they possibly can and put them in the positions they need to be in to succeed. That's what they do. Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet are not idiots. They know that what they need to do to keep, to have this series, you know, draw and garner attention and get itself out there in front of the most people possible. What they need to be doing is racing on the track. They don't need to be behind the scenes calling shots. They don't need to be. They don't need to be doing any of that stuff. They need to be racing. That's that's that is what this series is going to be built off of. And it's good. Is, it's it's you've got the biggest name in NASCAR, right? Or one of the biggest names in NASCAR and dirt racing in Kyle Larson. And you've got a five time defending World of Outlaws champion who's leaving with the belt and coming over to run this series. And and this is where I laugh at uneducated people when it comes to dirt racing. That right there is why Mike Hess was hired. Yes. 100 percent. Mike Hess was one of the main wheels that helped the World Racing Group turn. Yeah, I yep. think them losing my cast will be harder on them than this formation of high limit. And that's just yeah. my opinion, because a race director is everything to a way a weekend operates, the way even the series operates. And oh, you take yeah. that You take that main piece of the puzzle away and it's it'll slowly deal. start to crumble. Yeah, it's a big deal. Being a race director, it's a big, big deal. Yeah, um, it's big shoes to fill. Yeah, and you look at events where, you know, you should, we've all been, you know, those of us who have gone to dirt tracks before, we've all gone to those events or raced in those events or been a part of those events where they're not ran smoothly and you're standing around and you're waiting for stuff to go and you're like, dude, it's we've been here six hours and we haven't ran the heat races yet. What the hell's going on, right? Like you've been to those events. That's what a race director does. Right, that they're the ones who make sure that everything is efficient and on time. They're the ones that that takes that that six, seven, eight hour debacle and turns it into a smooth, well oiled machine where you're coming in and you're like, God dang, it's ten thirty at night and we're finishing up the features, right? Like that's what a race director does. And when you are streaming stuff, make no mistake, just because you can watch the stream whenever you please, right? does not mean they want it to be 12 hours. They want that shit to be as fast and as smooth as possible. So him going to High Limit, I think is huge. Now, High Limit still needs to find themselves an announcer. Um, they have yet to do that yet. Um, when you look at who they had this year, they it was kind of, 
you know, they kind of just got some some guys from different series in terms of, you know, uh, what's his name from USAC? I did, I think, did a couple of races. Um, they had, uh, dude, I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, crap, I can't remember. I don't know. I'm not going to look it up. But, anyways, they had a couple of different guys. They did, it's not like they had, you know, they didn't have a Johnny Gibson up in the booth for all 12 races. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, Vince they're looking Washington. for that. Yeah. And they're going to have to find somebody to, be in that role consistently because that also matters right when you talk about the voice to the action that makes a difference you know you want to take the nascar side you look at the difference between fox and cbs right or nbc excuse me um it's huge i don't know why i said cbs but it's huge it's a big big difference and it's not that the fox broadcasters aren't good i mike joy clint boyer right gonna have kevin harvick next year love those dudes love them but when you look at how it's put together and who's talking compared to the NBC side of things, I think it's just it's two completely different shows. I will take the NBC side as of right now over the Fox side. That announcer, those people up in the booth, whether it's one, two, three, whatever, make a difference. And you need to have that. And Everybody knows Johnny Gibson's the voice of the outlaws, right? Has been forever. And you need to establish that on the high limit side as well. Yeah, and you're gonna need a good voice because that's that's gonna be your voice. That's mm-hmm. gonna be the voice that everybody hears, whether it's on flow at the racetrack. And that voice not only needs to to cover the racing, but it's gotta cover every single sponsor, yes. every yep. single driver and their information. It's gonna take the right person to be yep. in that position. And it sucks to see the former announcer leave from the All Stars. I always loved listening to him and he made races more exciting than what they probably were at times and i think they'll be fine i think they'll find somebody whether it be dylan welch i think he did a fine job with the high limit stuff um and and the the other guy that helped him i think he was from knoxville i think he was the knoxville's pa guy and he did pretty good too so. yeah yeah it was something along those lines so it's yeah. going to be a, an interesting next couple of months to see where mm-hmm. all the chips fall into place and who goes where and who does what. I'm I'm more excited to watch this and see how this plays out than I am NASCAR silly season. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too, definitely. Like I don't I don't know if it's the competitor inside of me now we finally see some good competition step up against the Outlaws and the World Racing Group cuz I don't think they've had an, Anytime they've had competition, it never lasts long. They mm-hmm. usually run them in the ground, and then it's nothing but outlaws. And I, I, I think the table might end up being turned on them. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, so it'll definitely be uh, obviously the story of the winter, and uh, we will keep you posted um, throughout. But. We're going to take a quick break. After the break, we're going to come back. We're going to discuss all of the action that happened on the NASCAR side of things, including the championship. And we're going to be doing our NASCAR driver evaluation for the 2023 year and our predictions for 2024. Because, I mean, let's not, I mean, you can't end a season without making predictions that are way too freaking early. So stick around. That's coming up next. All right, so last weekend we had the big championship weekend at Phoenix. Um, really quick, the truck race, I 
we're not going to talk about it. What a shit show. Yeah, we're not going to talk about it. it. We everybody has covered that topic to death. It was an absolute clown show. Um, you know, Tony Stewart said it best when they asked him about it. He's like, none of those guys will be driving for me. Perfect answer. And uh, yeah, that's all we need to say about it. It it, it was a clown show. And um, it's sad to see what the truck series has become. So moving on. Uh, Xfinity series. We'll touch on that real quick. Keith, did you get a chance to see the racing this weekend? Yeah, um, I got to agree. I don't want to talk about the truck race. That was yeah. a fucking nightmare to watch. It was terrible. Yes, um, it was. <laughs> I thought the Xfinity race was the best race of the weekend. I don't know I if it was, was late race caution that set up everything, but I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. Me too. I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. I thought it was a um an awesome race. Um, although I will say this, I thought on the cup side of things, I thought that was the best cup race we've seen at Phoenix in a very, very long time. So Agreed. we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, uh I'm with you. The the Xfinity race was awesome and I was, I didn't have a driver. So on the Xfinity side of things, I don't have a driver. It's not like I've got, you know, hey, this guy's my guy, right? I don't even really have that on the cup side of things, to be honest with you. I just have guys that I'd like to see win. But I got to tell you, out of all four of the drivers, right, when you look at John Hunter Nemechek, Sam Mayer, Justin Allgaier, and Cole Custer, um, Deep down, I was rooting for Cole Custer. When you look at what happened last year, right? Um, the dude gets demoted, loses his cup ride, gets put down in the Xfinity series. And I got to tell you, for most people, when they have that kind of setback, you really learn about a person's character. Like I know that sounds like cliche, cheesy, like comic book shit but it's the truth it really is and cole custer got got you know he got kicked in the teeth and dropped down to the xfinity series and he made the most of it and the dude won the championship which was incredible and showed that how well he could drive now the, the first half of the year they they weren't really there but the second half of the season they put it together and they were strong and so I, I was happy to see him win the championship. I really was. And to win it the way that he won it, you know, like you said, Keith, the way that the race played out, it was exciting. It was good racing. That package that they have on those Xfinity cars when it comes to the short track is really, really cool. It's, it's, I, the Xfinity races, I think, hands down on, if you look at the totality of it, on the, Road courses and short tracks, the Xfinity series was hands down the most exciting racing this year. Am I wrong? No, I yeah. uh, you're hundred percent right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they're 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 hands down the most exciting racing. So uh they did not disappoint and I was I was happy to see Cole Custer get the championship. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um I like I was pulling for Cole because it's a Stuart Haas guy. I've always been a Stuart Haas fan. I was a Tony Stewart fan growing up because of the Indiana ties. Yeah. Um what really excited me about it is not only Cole Custer winning the championship, but Stuart Haas the last three or four weeks in the Xfinity series showed a lot of speed out of the double zero mm -hmm. in the ninety eight. And 
I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with next season. Yes. The double That's zero there. and the 98 beings that both of them are coming back and they'll, yep. they'll have continuity. There's going to be no gelling issues, but it, overall the race was really good. I love to see Cole Custer drop down is never fun. Being demoted is no, never it's fun not. at all. That is a punch in the gut and to come in to win a championship and basically show them like, Hey, I don't think you should have done this. This is what I can do. Yep. And, and not only open up Stuart Haas's eyes, but every other cup team, they all seen that. They all Mm -hmm. seen that championship. Um, it was tough to see Justin Allgaier not get it because he's been in the Xfinity series for many years. Yeah. And, and, and I think him and Cole are very similar Two guys that, that have been demoted in their careers. I think Allgaier was demoted twice. Um, he was put in some bad situations and then landed on his feet in a good, good situation. And it was good to see them guys race it out clean, the three of them. And at one point in time, all four of them, um, it made the truck race look 10 times fucking better. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I'm with you. It would have been nice to see Al Geyer win it. Um, you know, he has done the Xfinity stuff quite a bit, um, you know, and he's he's getting up there, you know. He's, you know, in his, I think he's 35. In his 30s, yeah. Something like that, mid-30s. Um, which, you know, in today's years, that's ancient for xfinity series right like you're unless you're you know elliot sadler you know what i mean back in the day who's just like yeah i just like the xfinity series better so i'm gonna run um you know you're 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 kind of thought of as like damaged goods which is which is dumb you know which is stupid but yeah i i i would have i would have liked to have seen him win it as well um you know i any one of them, you know, even Sam Mayer, if he had won, um, you know, that would you could have obviously made a very good story out of that. I mean, the kid is, and he's a kid, make no, he's like 19, 20, you know, um, for him to make the final four, you know, he had four wins on the season. He didn't have a single stage win, which is crazy to think about. He didn't have a stage win all year long. Which is uh, wild. Which is wild, yeah. And then obviously John Hunter Nemechek, who I mean, he really set the world on fire when you look at the season that he had with, you know, seven wins. Um what do you have? Twenty four top ten, seventeen top fives. I you know, he really was the if you look at just the totality of the season, um, he had the best year. Right. Yeah, he, he did. Hands so, down. Hands down. He did. Um, so obviously, you know, tough when you have the best year and don't win the championship. And, but that's the world that we live in nowadays. And honestly, I I wanted Cole Custer to win the championship, like I said, and, and, and he won the race. But I really wanted to see Sheldon Creed win the <laughs> Phoenix race to, to kind of <laughs> give an up yours to RCR. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would have topped it all off. That would have been a nice cherry on top. So, all right. Well, speaking of cherry on top, uh, Ryan Blaney gets the championship, brings it home. Um, 
Blaney was one of my preseason picks. Uh, I got to find it real quick. I remember I had him as one of the guys I thought who could win the championship. Um, Now, I I ultimately had, uh, when we made our decision, um, I ultimately had, I want to say it was Denny Hamlin as my champion. I think. I think it was Denny Hamlin as my champion. Uh, Yeah, I had Hamlin. You had Logano. Um, I had Blaney as one of the final four. Uh, We and you did too. And then um, my preseason picks, though I can't find that. Where did that go? I remember I had Blaney in the final four, which is not a shock. Um, I thought Blaney was somebody who had a chance to win it last year, and he screwed up. He, you know, mistakes cost him. Um, I like Ryan Blaney. I think Ryan Blaney is great for the sport. I do. Um, yes, he has a temper. Yes, he gets mad and and loses it on the radio. Uh, what race the driver doesn't? Yeah, though. I was going to say, newsflash, most of these guys do. Um, you know, if you ever listen to a race car driver, it's incredible because the stuff that when it's happening to them, it is a travesty, right? But if they're doing it to somebody else, it's okay. It's racing. That's just how it is. So I I think it's hilarious. Um, you know, we obviously the NASCAR uh, Netflix series that they're going to be doing. Um, They're uh, following the drivers around. It's it's going to be similar to, from what I've heard, similar to Drive to Survive. Um, I think you've got an awesome series on your hands. And I think NASCAR has an opportunity to really capitalize, um, you know, if, if they if they can land the plane on this, on this series, I think they have an opportunity to really grow the sport because people need to invest in the drivers The you know, the fans have to invest in the drivers, the storylines you have, you know, we talked about it with formula one, you have all these people who had never even seen a formula one race before that are now fans of that series and follow it and love certain drivers because of that show. It's the world that we live in today. And, for Ryan Blaney to to get the win and you know win the win the championship he didn't win the race but win the championship was incredible. Um, Keith, did you get to watch this whole race? I know you were busy moving, but did you get to watch the whole race? I started the first half. Um, had to take a break to get some things done, um, and then watched the later half of the race. Probably fifty to go. And and I thought overall it was one of the better Phoenix races that we've seen that yes. we've watched. And Ryan Blaney, hats off, deserved, hands mm-hmm. down, I should say, deserved this championship. He he was the fastest of the four. I know William Byron was there. Yes. At the beginning, and then he faded. And, and we had comers and goers for the first time in a very long time, I yep. think. Because, yep. hell, we've seen Kevin Harvick lead, what, 20 laps, 25 to 30 laps. 
which was awesome. Was. I could be wrong. Oh, it was, it was great. Which and was I'm awesome. glad I got to see that part. Yep. Uh, got to see him leading the laps at, at Phoenix in his last race. That was awesome. Would have loved to see him get, uh, get a win to close out his storybook career. But, man, just don't count out these Fords. I, you know, you there was a time we were talking about how bad Ford was this year. If you go back and listen, there was a, a, a time where the Ford was bad. They were not good. And you saw RFK pretty much carry the banner for the majority of the season. Um, you know, and Blaney had a very, you know, him and Logano both, um, Blaney had a very similar season to what Logano had last year. If you recall back last year to Logano's championship, he was there. He was consistent. He had a couple of races where he was fast and got wins. And then, you know, overall, it wasn't until you got to the final four, you're like, Jesus, Logano's in the final four. And wow, he's going to win the championship, right? Like there was nothing about his season that really stood out last year that you could look at it and go, oh, I see it right where this year, I think Blaney had a very similar season. The first half of the season, he did. He was not good. They did not have speed. Um, they were off. Now they figured something out the last third of the season. And it was a really big turnaround. When you start looking at how he was running, um, you know, especially the last, you look at the last couple months of the playoffs where, you know, think about Vegas and Homestead and Martinsville and, Phoenix. you know, you're looking at all these different types of tracks and he's running up front and winning, you know, so they've definitely found something and um, they put together an incredible race. Now, I watched the whole race. I was taking notes while I was watching it. Um, and, uh, you know, at each point, there there was a point during each race where. I, you know, had really kind of changed my trajectory because I was wanting to, I was wanting to watch the race and kind of put down my, my thoughts, right. And what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling as it's happening right then and there. Cause it's very easy to, when the race is over, right. To sit back and, and think back on it and be like, oh yeah, I Blaney was the guy the whole time. Right. And so during the race, I, I was not thinking that. So started the race, um, you know, obviously starting lineup, they announced it. Byron's on the pole, Larson's up towards the front. Then you had Bell and Blaney was starting like 15th. Um, he did not qualify good. Now, one thing that I was hopeful for was Blaney had the best long run car out of not just the final four, but out of everybody. Um, when you looked at the 20 lap runs in practice, he was the fastest. He was the best. Larson and Byron both had good short run speed. The long run speed didn't seem to be there. I think part of the reason why Larson doesn't have as much long run speed is I think because he drives the thing so damn hard in the beginning. <laughs> I think that's I, that's my own personal theory. I don't know how you feel about that, Keith, but I think that's part of the reason why, why Larson doesn't have long run speed sometimes is because it's like, hey, man. This isn't a sprint car. You got to get 50 yeah. laps out of these tires, not, not 20. So yeah, I, I completely, agree yeah. So, um, and then you had bell, uh, after stage one, Byron dominated, he dominated the entire stage gets the win. Uh, Larson had gotten up to, I think it was third and you had both bell and Blaney moving up through the field. Um, and at that time, 
I wrote down, you know, Blaney on the move, Bell with them, and Byron the class of the field. That's what I thought at the time. I thought Byron was showing, you know, hey, these guys are the guys to beat. Um, now, they do pit stops and things change up a little bit. This is something that we've talked about a ton and I don't think gets enough um I don't think it gets enough attention still especially a track like Phoenix. Think about Phoenix, right? It's a 1-mile track. It races like a short track. It's it's flat. Now it it did get really wide. You had people running up by the wall. You had a bottom groove like this was the first time you had legitimate multiple grooves at both ends of the track and that was awesome and there was good racing. But these guys, the leader in clean air, it is such an advantage. It's ridiculous. You throw just about anybody up front at a track like Phoenix, right, in clean air, and they're going to be able to hold on to the lead for a while. It's insane. And when Byron was up there, I thought if they can just keep hitting their pit stops and getting him up front, I don't know if anyone's going to beat him that was my thought i thought he was the class of the field now obviously after the next stage that changed a little bit so bell unfortunately they just grenade a brake rotor um and dude kudos to nbc on the graphic explaining that that is something that i, I don't I, I don't know about you keith but i've absolutely loved the way that NBC and Steve Letarte does those breakdowns, those technical breakdowns on stuff like that. It's incredible because even as somebody who is a NASCAR fan and has been a NASCAR fan my whole life, these cars are so different. Even though this is the second full season, they're so different. There's still things about them that I don't fully know or understand. So I I love that stuff, man. I thought it was awesome. So hats off to them for that. But yeah, Bell grenades a brake rotor um and which is unfortunate because it's one thing to get beat it's another thing to not have a chance to to race and that was a, a bummer so down to just three um blaney i write down again on the move getting better he just got better and better as this race went on um he did he he was fast um obviously Larson Byron, they're still up in the front battling, um, you know, towards the front of the pack. We get to the stage three. This is where Blaney really started to shine. He was up front, you know, he's going toward, he's marching towards the front, towards the lead. And he, when he was battling with Chastain, I loved it. I loved it. It was awesome. Because I thought at this point, you're talking, we got 25, 30 laps to go. Blaney's got, I think it was about a second, one and a half second gap over Larson. And Blaney is trying to get around Chastain and can not do it. He can't do it. And Larson's running, I think, fourth because Truex was third because you had this three-car battle up front between... Chastain, Blaney, and Truex. Uh, Byron was, I think, fifth or sixth or something like that. And I remember the, uh, I think it was Cliff Daniels came over Larson's radio and said, 12 car is melting down. 
go get him, right? Like, go get him. And Blaney was. Blaney was losing it, man. Uh, NBC cut to him in the cockpit right when he was flipping off Ross Chastain, which was awesome. Um, after the race, they asked him, did you hit him on purpose? He said, hell yeah, I hit him on purpose. Um, which once again is awesome. I don't blame him. I also don't blame Chastain. Chastain, he's there to win the race. I, you know what I mean? He, Ch Ross Chastain couldn't win the championship. That does not mean he is not there to win that race. That is why this, this format is so, um, unique right? And, and also exciting, right? We can debate all day long about whether or not Ryan Blaney is the true champion, right? In terms of the overall season and all that stuff like that, whatever, we can debate that forever. But in terms of excitement level, right? And on the edge of your seat, you can't deny, especially in a situation like this, where you have for the first time in what ever, I mean, 10, 11 years, whatever it was, the person that won the race was not in the final four was not a championship contender and chastain you know hats off to him man was he drove an incredible race and blaney got around him chastain got back around him and these guys battle and truex catches up to him and then a caution comes out now keith i know it's been a couple of weeks you know you were off you know moving but do you remember what i said a couple weeks ago about the championship race at phoenix do you remember what i said damn i'm trying to remember now i Was said it, uh around the uh, a championship driver would not win the race no uh, uh it was about phoenix sucking i said i hate the fact <laughs> that the championship will probably be decided by a late race pit stop that's what i said and when that caution came out and Larson got ahead of Blaney and Byron, I was like, Larson just won the championship. That's what I wrote down. Larson is going to win the championship. And then I have in little quotation marks, pit crew, meaning the, the pit crew did it. They got him out in front and I thought Larson had this in the back. I didn't think there was any way that those guys were going to be able to get around Larson. I did not think there was going to be a way. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know out of the three cars, Larson, Byron, and Blaney, I would probably say Larson had the third best car. Um, now, obviously, his driving ability can make up for that, but even still, I didn't think he had you know a great car. If you look at what he had done most of the day and you listened to even him talk, he said, I was hoping for cautions because I knew I could pass people on pit road. His pit crew was incredible. And when that green flag dropped, I thought Larson was going to hold on and win the championship. I thought he got his, I thought he was going to get a second one in the back. And as I saw Blaney charging up, when he got around Larson, I was shocked. And not only did he get around Larson, he drove away from Larson. That doesn't happen very often. Um, no, anywhere, no, anywhere by anyone. You know what I mean? It's when you're, you consider the, the stakes, they're racing for a championship. And Ryan Blaney not only passes Kyle Larson, but drives away from him. Um, now, Chastain obviously drove away from both of them. And finally, Blaney realizing, hey, I don't have to win this race. 
brought it home and got the championship. And I was pleasantly surprised that the race at Phoenix was so good. It was incredible. There was comers and goers, like you said, that the NASCAR has got some tests that they've got planned. They've got a, you know, test at the, uh, um, Oh, uh, at Phoenix, they're going to be testing there in just a couple of weeks, uh, trying to improve the short track package. And I think finally, we're going to see some big changes with Goodyear. I think NASCAR is going to finally make some changes. I hope they, they step up the power. I know that it's not that simple, but my God, I know that they can just change that damn spacer on there and get 750 out of the car. Um, They've got to be able to spin the tires. Kevin Harvick said this in his interview with Dale Jr. on the Dale Jr. download. He's like, we got, they got, they need more power. They need more power. So, you know, hopefully we'll see. Yeah, everybody has, you know, and NASCAR is finally like, all right, look, everything's on the table. I think they're going to take some big swings, which is good. We need that. Um, They've got to fix the air issue. They've got to fix that air issue. The, the fact that the leader can literally create a wake of air that upsets the car behind it to the extent that it does is insane. It's absolutely insane. And folks, to give you guys some perspective on this, okay, for those of you who don't fully understand this, Keith and I both sim race on iRacing. And keep in mind, iRacing works with NASCAR, right? So during the race, right, William Byron had drivers on iRacing running a sim they were running simulating different possible outcomes he had a, a war room you know figuring out different strategies and stuff like that that's how these guys use iRacing in terms of NASCAR they get data from NASCAR they work with NASCAR so when you drive the cup cars in iRacing no it's not 100% accurate but it does give you a sense of it it does give you an idea of what it's like and even on the sim, when you get behind another car, the dirty air aspect is huge. It's huge. There are times where you will be driving down into a corner and all of a sudden your car don't turn and you're just pushing up the track, just skating towards the wall and you can't have, you can't find any grip. Like the lap before you were the fastest car on track and now you can't turn because you've gotten close to a car, you know, you got a car in front of you. That's, that's, you know. Right, that's you know two car lengths ahead of you producing a, a wake of air that you just can't get through right like it, they're just cutting in front of you and that air is literally screwing up your car so bad that you can't get the damn thing to turn you guys and that's just in the sim that's a game all right look at it in terms of real life it's it, it's crazy what what dirty air can do to these cars now like we used to complain about aero push i mean they're at a whole other level now it's insane so they've got to figure something out with that because no matter what they do or change right it might make it better but it's not going to solve that issue and i don't know how you solve that issue i don't right i mean i've got theories but i'm not a nascar engineer i'm a yahoo in northern california so you know but i'm i'm hoping that this test at phoenix is going to produce some some fruit um 
because we need some we need some changes to the short track package. I mean, it looks promising because I like we talked about a minute ago, Keith. I think this was the best race we've seen at Phoenix in a very very long time for the Cup cars. Yeah, I completely agree, and and I agree they got to figure out something with the air because you can air block people, and I didn't know you could do that till Phoenix and and listening to Ryan Blaney's um radio during all that was pretty wild that he's not physically blocking me he's air blocking me i was like all right that's fucking that's different never heard that term before and and it's wild and and i agree with the i racing stuff people don't realize how similar it is to real life and how comparable it is they just think oh it's a video game uh, it's more in depth than a video game yeah. way more in depth it's an actual tool that these teams and drivers use and and here in the off season we'll see NASCAR drivers on on the service now and it mm-hmm. it's wild that things like this has progressed as far this day yeah. and age. It is. It is. And um it's it's cool to see, you know. And you know, you look at I mean, take William Byron, for example, right? I mean he He's had this meteoric rise to um, championship level status, and when you look at you know he didn't start even driving a race car till like ten twelve years ago. You know what I mean? Like he's just just shot straight up, and he's somebody who spends a lot of time on the sim, right? Then you go to someone like Kyle Larson, who's like, I don't like to use it; it screws me up. Now he'll drive other stuff, but you know I don't like to use it; it screws me up. And it's incredible, like you said, that we can see these guys use this this tool to help them and, and, it, and help them in a big way. And it's also wild that William Byron was actually found on iRacing. Yeah. That's where he started his career. And and now look at him. He's a, I'm going to say, a contender for a championship for many, many years to come. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it don't matter if it's in a Hendrick car, a Gibbs, or Stuart Haas. He will be a force. And it, he's only getting better. And he's going to continue to get better. And he's young as hell still. Yep. Yep. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So, yeah, congratulations to Ryan Blaney on the championship. Um, I'm happy to see him win it. And, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely exciting. And... Um, hats off also to Ross Chastain and Trackhouse closing out the season on a high note. Um, you know, Ross obviously last year was in the final four. This year they started off pretty good and then man, they fell off a cliff. He has been mediocre for two thirds of the season. So for them to end the season with the win is definitely promising. And I'm hoping that uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a stepping stone to to twenty twenty four for them. Not to not to keep beating the the Ross door. How much of that mediocrity is that fault of Rick Hendrick for telling him you need to settle down? Because ever yeah, since that, I, fall, man, he just went downhill. He was yeah. a completely different player, person, racer. He didn't race the same, and I think that's where um, Justin Marks needs to step up and look. Be like, dude, be you. Mm-hmm. Be you. Don't change a damn thing because you're better being that overly aggressive and, and a loose cannon, per se, or a feather or a dart without feathers 
he brought a lot of excitement and a lot of attention to the sport, whether it was a good thing or a bad thing. I thought it was great. Yeah, so did I. So did I. So, yeah, I don't know how much of it was that. Um, I you know. Allow, and and not not to cut you off, but I think I think that's where Rick Hendrick needs to take a back seat and allow allow these guys to have a freaking personality. Because I'm sorry, yeah. now that Kevin Harvick's gone. Ryan Blaney's the only one with a personality, with with a voice, and he's not afraid to use it. Yes, yeah, I'm with you. I I think Blaney is to me. Ryan Blaney's the closest thing NASCAR has to a rock star. Yep, you know, like like that's that's to me that's I think he could be um, one of the stars think- of the sport. You know, because of that personality that he has. I think Ryan Blaney has the potential and the ability to be the next Kevin Harvick. I do too. I, I, I I think they're oddly similar. Yeah. I think he has a lot of untapped talent, man. Um, I don't think he's even, even though he won a championship, I don't think he's even reached his full potential yet. You know, so I'm with you, man. And I agree. And I, and why you were talking about all that, I pulled up some, some stats of jo- Joey Logano just to compare their championship season. So last year, Joey finished the year with four wins, 11 top fives and 17 top tens. Ryan Blaney was very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Ryan had him beat in top tens where he had 18. Joey had him beat in top fives where they, Joey had 11. Blaney had eight and they, and Ryan fell one short win. Yeah playing Joey Logano. It's crazy how last year and this year we talked about Ford's up and downs because even mm-hmm. last year they were they were so up and down you didn't yeah. know whether they were going to be good or great or or terrible. And then again this year, but when it comes down to championship time, I don't think you can count out a Ford whether no. it's Xfinity or the Cup Series because they rise to the occasion. Yep, when it's they do. Game. They do. And uh they're going to be they're going to be tough again next year. So and they're, they're getting a new body next year. And I think that's mm-hmm. going to help them too. Yeah, I do too. So speaking of which we are going to wrap up the show with our NASCAR driver evaluation. So we essentially got three categories that a driver can fall under. They can be on the rise. They can be static or they can be in decline. So what we're doing is, is we are, predicting where we think they will be next year, right? This is our ridiculously too early predictions. Um, we've got about, I don't know, I've got 20 guys here. So uh, we're, what we'll do is, is we'll go through a bunch of them. Um, I've got them laid out kind of in order. I've got them in order of the NASCAR power rankings. Um, and when we get to the the last, you know, the top five or whatever, we'll actually you know, look at some stats and data and stuff like that. Um, so that way this doesn't take three hours, but first up on our list is Corey LaJoy. So LaJoy had another good season, right? Um, if you look at what he's done, he's just gotten consistently better every single season. Um, and now I think he is right at that. I think he's right on the edge of top 16. 
in terms of chance to make the playoffs. I th- and I think Spire is right there as well. So I think he's on the rise next year. How about you, Keith? I think he's on the rise. And I also think it helps bringing in Carson Hosovar. People yes. can shit on Carson Hosovar all day long because of the truck shit. I'm going to look away from that. It's it's a new season per se. Yep. I think Carson Hosovar bringing a young talent in. And we've heard guys say this car is similar to the trucks, the way they race. And I think it's only going to make Spire better. I think it's going to make Corey LaJoy better. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see him actually not to win next season. I I'm with you. I'm with you. So yeah, it might be a super speedway win, but a win is a win. Yep. Definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, no one's going to, it's not like people are going to be like, Oh, you mean the road course guy won a road course? Who cares? Right. A win's a win. That's all that matters. Road so, course guy's supposed to win the road. Yep. Course. Exactly. So, all right. Next. Speaking of road course guys, Daniel Suarez. So Suarez definitely did not have a good year this year when you look at it compared to last year. Last year he made the playoffs, had a win. This year, neither. Did not make the playoffs, did not get a win. So next year, Keith, I'll let you go first. Do you think Suarez is going to be on the rise, static, or in decline? I think he's going to decline. Okay. I... I... I struggle with this because I was going to stay say static and he's going to stay the same, but I think he's going to decline. We've seen over the course of Daniel Suarez's NASCAR cup career. It, it's like a heart monitor. It's all up and down. It's never straight and on the rise. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of last year, he got that win at Sonoma, but if you take out win away at Sonoma, it was even a struggle for him last season. Yeah. He had some good races, but it was very similar to this season. I think this season's, this upcoming season's, where we're going to see the slow decline of Daniel Suarez. All right. I'm not comfortable enough to say that he's going to be on the rise because he's not shown me anything this year. Yeah. I, I'm i going to swing for the fences on this one. I'm going to go on the rise. The reason I think he's going to be on the rise is because I think track house as a whole is going to be on the rise. And I think Suarez is going to be feeling the pressure. Um, oh, for sure. With the know, Zane Smith move, with yeah. the Zane Smith move, with Ross getting a win, right? Even when the car's not great, Ross is still pushing it. You know, you, it's like Stuart Haas and Kevin Harvick, right? You look at, you're like, well, SHR is struggling. Well, yeah, they would really be struggling without that four car. You know what I mean? So I think it's the same thing where it's like, hey, man, Boris, uh, you got to get your stuff together because uh, Ross is still getting stuff done and he's in the same equipment. So, yeah, I think he's going to step up his game next year and have some better results. And uh, uh, we'll see whether or not and he has I'm to, right? right? Yeah, he has to. So, all right, moving on. Alex Bowman. So this year, Bowman uh, started off great was definitely heading in the right direction. And then obviously he had that injury um, and really fell off uh, the second half of the season. So Keith Bowman, static rise or decline in 2024? I'm going to say on the rise, because if you take the injury and that penalty away, Alex Bowman had a, I'm going to say a, a fairly decent season. Yeah. Better than most. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
actually better than a lot. Um, yeah. The penalty, I think, set that whole team back. And they, they couldn't dig themselves out of that hole. I think it put them in a corner that they didn't want to be in. And then you throw in the injury, and that, that just added insult to injury. Yeah, that that took him away from the car for a while. And then, then you build rust, because you can't really do much. You can't you can't get in a simulator and put pressure on your back or anything like that. I think we'll see Alex Bowman back back on the rise next season. Yep. I'm with you. I think he's going to be on the rise as well for all the stuff that you just He's stated. a hell of a race car driver. He is, yeah. He's too good he to not be on the rise. All right, next. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I think Stenhouse is, I'm going to say static. Um, I would like to see him on the rise. I like Stenhouse. Stenhouse is actually one of those guys that I kind of wish had just stayed as a dirt driver. I think he would be one of the best <laughs> dirt drivers in the world if he just drove dirt. I, you know what I mean? I really do. But uh, I think he'll be static next year in the Cup Series. I, I think he, you know, if he gets a win next year, um, obviously I don't think he's going to just win the Daytona 500 again. But obviously with the restrictor plate stuff, even though they're not running restrictor plates, we still call it that. I know. Please save your emails. Um, you know, with the restrictor plate stuff, uh, whether it's um, Atlanta, Daytona, Talladega, he's always good in those at those tracks. Um, you know, he actually showed speed at a couple of other places this season. Um, you know, made the playoffs. So you know, and when you look at the team that he's with, obviously that's a awesome season so if they can do that again next year i think that would be incredible just to just to hold serve so that's that's my pick what do you got keith i think he's gonna stay static also the win the daytona 500 win was huge for ricky in that whole organization and and i think they they get snake bit from being a single car team they don't have anybody to lean on they don't have another team within that organization to lean on mm-hmm. and, and to to get data and, and stuff from now yeah. that being said that daytona 500 win benefited them big time because oh, they, yeah. they get a lot of money from whether it be playoff money owners championship money the race purse money itself yep that they can stick back into r&d for themselves for the team and and get stuff like we have heard Michael McDowell say. Well, we now we can get a Hawkeye system and get the cars that much closer. Yep. Um, I think he's going to stay static, and hopefully he's in the car after next season, so we can say, well, he's going to be on the rise. Yep. But I agree, he should have stayed in dirt. He was a hell of a yeah. not sprint car racer, midget yeah. racer, wing wing racer, anything dirt. Yeah, uh, all 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 the dirt stuff. He was phenomenal, and so. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, moving on. Speaking of McDowell, we've got Michael McDowell. So, Keith, you think McDowell's going to be on the rise, static, or in decline in 2024? I think we could see McDowell on the rise. They, they've they built themselves good building blocks, good foundations there. With McDowell coming back, with Todd Gilliland coming back, now you got some continuity within front row racing that i mean well let's be honest the 36 car used to be a revolving door between um david 
uh, what the hell was his name? The David Reagan used to drive. Yeah, that thing? David Reagan used to drive the car. He stepped out and then stepped in, stepped out. Um, then of course we've seen John Hunter. I think this whole team as a whole will be on the rise. So I'm going to go static. Um, they like Stenhouse. When you look at what they did was a good year. And I think if they could do that again next year, you know, that would be all you might even call that a rise for them, you know, um, compared to what they did this year. I think they're going to be relatively the same next year. Um, and one of the reasons is, is just because even if they make gains, you know, I think everybody else is also going to be making gains. And I don't, with they just don't have the, the resources to, um, to start leap, leapfrogging some of these, these other teams. So I think overall, they're going to be fairly close to what they had this season. All right, moving on. Oh, what were you going to say? Nope, you're good. Okay. Moving on, up and comer, Ty Gibbs. So you think he's going to be static, on the rise, or in decline? I think he's going to be on the rise. Um, this gave him a full season in the Cup Series. He he got that much more seat time in the car. Um, learned a lot, and I think, I think we're going to see Ty Gibbs towards the front a lot more. I'm with you on the rise. I think next year he makes the playoffs. Um, you know, whether he points his way in or gets a win, he's at one of the best teams in NASCAR. Um, you know, Gibbs, Joe Gibbs racing is obviously huge. Um, he's got two of the better drivers as his teammates, Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. So yeah, I think it's, it's only looking up. Um, you know, like him or not, the, the kid's got a ton of talent. He does. So, yeah, on the rise. All right. Next, your personal favorite, Chase Elliott. Decline. <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Man. I'm going to say static. Really? Because that team's so freaking hit and miss. They were this year. They're either really good or they're really bad. And even before the injury, they were really good. Then they were really bad. And then he gets hurt. And then it's just been the, I guess you could say bad. But I also think the reason why I say static, I, I truly believe Chase Elliott's going to be the odd man out at Hendrick Motorsports. With the rise of Kyle Larson, with the rise of William Byron, I think Rick Hendrick now sees that Chase is not the golden boy for Hendrick no more. And I think I think that's going to start putting more resources into the 5 and the 24 because they've consistently been better than the 9 and even the 48 to a point. But if she, if you think back years ago, Casey Kane was always that right around the back of the pack guy, mid-pack guy, was always the odd man out at Hendrick Motorsports, and I think Chase Elliott's going to stay static, and he's going to be 
Granted, yes, he has a championship. He's won a lot of races, but I think he's going to be the Casey Kane of Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah, I think he's going to be on the rise. I got to be honest with you. I think Hendrick gets four cars into the playoffs next year, and I would not be shocked at all if Chase Elliott won his second championship next year. Um, They were a disaster this year. I do not see that happening again. I, you know, it. What did he? How, how many wins did he have in twenty twenty two? I mean, you know, the the guy is good. Um, this year was, I think yep, this will go down wins. as one of the. Yeah, I think this year will go down as one of the greatest, you know, disasters in NASCAR history in terms of a a champion. So yeah, I think he'll be on the rise next year. All right, up next we've got. Kyle Bush. So I got to tell you, I, this one was tough for me because if you look at Bush, he, it's kind of a tale of two seasons, you know, first half of the year comes out on fire, right? He's running up front, pops off a couple of wins. Second half of the season, they whether they lost something or everybody else just made some big gains, I don't know. But I got to tell you, I think I think Bush will be static, but I think it will be a much more consistent static over the season. I think he'll get a couple of wins next year. I think he'll make the playoffs. I think he'll make it to you know the top eight, the round of eight. Um, but I think it'll be a much more consistent showing over the course of the season as opposed to this this massive peak and valley that we saw this year. Yeah, and <clears throat> realistically, I think that's an RCR deal. Uh, yeah. I, I think we've all witnessed the RCRs up, up and down through the season, even when Kevin Harvick's there. But I agree, I think he's going to stay static. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to see a more consistent Kyle Busch right around two to three wins. I think that'll be the normal Kyle Busch from now on. I don't think we're going to see no 10, 12 wins like we've seen Kyle do before. Now we could be both dead fucking wrong. Yeah. But RCR is so inconsistent as a whole, as an organization. They always have been, like I said, back to the Kevin Harvick days, they were always up and down and frustrating to fucking just watch. That being said, I think Kyle is going to stay static. Yep. Yep, I'm with you. And I hate his fucking teammate. <laughs> Sorry, I had to put that in there. <laughs> All right, next we've got uh, Bubba Wallace. Uh, this is an easy one for me. I think Bubba's on the rise. If you look at what he's done year over year, he consistently gets better and better. Um, you know, he had a solid run this season um you know when you consider the fact that he finished what 10th in points this this season um he didn't get a win but he showed a A lot lot of of speed yeah he showed a lot of speed this year there was a lot of races where he was up front and you know he led i think around 300 laps or something like that um 285 and, you know, 
he had 10 top 10s, five top fives, but he had five DNFs this year. And, you know, when you look at the uh, races that he had where, you know, there was times he was running up front and then something would happen. So I think they've definitely shown improvement. And I think, you know, him along with 2311 as a whole, I think they're, that organization is just on the rise. You know, it's it's definitely a more of a five-year process, not a two- or three-year process. So, yeah, I think he's on the rise. I completely agree with that. Now, <clears throat> I'm not a big Bubba Wallace fan. I like Bubba Wallace. I like him as a racer. I think he needs to learn how to harness his emotions. I think he gets in his own fucking head in the middle of these races, and he just – he him himself grenades yes. and has meltdowns, and he needs to learn how to – to uh, not do that as quite often. Yep. Now, that being said, I think he is on the rise. I think 2311 as an organization is on the rise. You get some cohesion within him and Tyler Reddick because now Tyler Reddick's there. He will be there for the foreseeable future. And now that 45 won't be a revolving door like we've seen last season with the unfortunate circumstances of Kurt Busch, because I think mm-hmm. he was going to do Bubba some good as being that veteran there in the in the building. But with Kurt staying with the organization, with Tyler Reddick going to be there for another season, I think 2311 is, is going to be a hot team to watch. Yeah, I, I can see them pulling off a track house type of season. Even though they Tyler Reddick carried that team, he, he had a track house type of season, if you want to call it. But I think I see them taking major gains next season. I do too. I do too. And I think that um, Bubba's going to be uh, towards the front of that. Um, I really do. And, so. And look, guys, I mean, I know nobody wants to hear it, but Bubba's Denny Hamlin's guy. That's his guy. Mm-hmm. That 2311's guy. That They're just not going to kick Bubba to the curb. Um, no. Mm-mm. I think with the additions of more Toyota teams, I think it's just going to help 2311. Then you throw in the, the Denny Hamlin contract mm-hmm. stuff, because let's face it, there was question marks whether Denny was going to be with Toyota next season. And I think yeah. with... Denny getting that contract wrapped up, I think it's going to help 2311 because now them guys know, okay, we're going to be with one manufacturer now. Let, let's look at 2024 and go up. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. Definitely with you on that. So hard to be long winded, but that's no, all right. Um, next, we've got his teammate, Tyler Reddick, which obviously we just kind of covered. Um, I'm going to say on the rise for Reddick, I, you look at the season he had, it was good. Um, I, there's no doubting that the, the kids got talent. You know what I mean? He, he's got talent. He can drive and the team as a whole is getting better. Like you said, he was really the, the banner carrier for them this year. When you look at it, he had two wins, you know, 10 top five, 16 top tens, uh, led you know, 470 laps, finished sixth in points this on the season. Um, so, you know, really good year for him overall. And yeah, I think next year is going to be even better, right? I mean, he's still, he's, he's, when you, 
he's young. He's got so much more racing ahead of him. Um, I think, you know, he hasn't even gotten into his prime yet. So, uh, yeah, definitely on the rise. What do you think? I think he's on the rise. And how we were talking about Ryan Blaney, about the untapped potential. I think Tyler Reddick's got a ton of untapped potential. And I think he's going to be on the rise. I'm calling it now. This is this is my throw it out there call for 2024. Tyler Reddick has a William Byron type season next season. Um, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Yep. It's crazy that Reddick is from my area, from where I I live. Um, you know what? He's 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 about an hour and a half north of me. He's from Corning, which is this little know-nothing town. Um, the only reason I even know where Corning is is because I used to drive through it on my way to run Outlaw Carts and Red Bluff. But uh, it's crazy that you got this just insane talent coming out of this know-nothing town, and so he's just just starting to scratch the surface of his potential. Funny story before we move on about Tyler Reddick. When he used to race dirt late models, we were running a, when I ran a mini sprint, which was a 1200cc mini sprint, mm-hmm. we were running at Lawrenceburg Speedway 2009. And it was a Wednesday to Sunday type of event. We were racing Wednesday through Sunday. So we were camping at the racetrack, and there was a bunch of us there in our inner circle had eight or nine campers there and i didn't know this at the time but there was a camper that was in our circle that was directly ahead of my camper like if i walked out of my camper door and walked into the next camper door it it was tyler reddick's parents tyler reddick we camped with tyler reddick at weekend and and it, it's funny because wade fields our friend from yeah. sim ranking and my childhood friend we were talking about it. He's like, dude, you don't remember that? And I, I got to back thinking, and I'll have to pull up some pictures of my mom that she has. There's actually there's actually a picture of me, Tyler, and Wade Field sitting next to a campfire hmm. at Lawrenceburg Speedway. I was like, that's freaking wild. That's funny. That's awesome. That's awesome. Nice. It's cool. Yeah, I it's it's crazy when you see a lot of these guys and you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. They came from here race with them so anyways moving on we got to get through the rest of these really quicks here so we got brad keselowski um actually i think brad is going to be on the rise next season just because the turnaround that we've seen at rfk i think is huge and i think brad is a big part of that with the team as a whole and i definitely think you're going to see him um have an even better season next year which is kind of crazy to think um, when you look at what they did this year. I completely agree. I, I think Brad K is only getting better with RFK, and I think he's getting more comfortable as the owner-driver, and mm-hmm. I think they're only going to get better. Yep. Yep, I'm with you. So, all right. Next up, Keselowski's teammate, Chris Busher. Uh, this one is really simple to me. This is another on the rise. I mean, you look at what he had this year. I think it was incredible. And I think he is another one that is just now scratching the surface of, of his potential. So, yeah, I got him on the rise. What do you say? 
I agree. I, I think he's another one that he has a ton of untapped potential that we're finally seeing. We see a, an organization actually building around him. Yeah, exactly. And, and not using him as a seat holder. And I see some big things coming. Yep. I do. Yep, I'm with you. All right, so next up, we've got Joey Logano. Um, I actually am going to put Logano as decline. Um, he's going to be my first decline um, just because I didn't really see it this year from him. Um, he had a, obviously he had a couple of, you know, good races. Um, you know, his season obviously wasn't horrendous. I mean, he, he, uh, made the playoffs and what he finished 11th or 12th, but only one win 11 top five, 17 top 10. It's not bad, but definitely not what we're used to seeing from Logano. And while Blaney's team seemed to pick it up the second half of the year, Logano's, uh, they, they did not. I mean, they got in the playoffs and did not show much. They were out. I would, they, they made it to the round of 12, I think. And then that was it. So yeah, I think, I mean, I could have put him at static, but I actually, I think he's going to be um, on the edge on the bubble in terms of making the playoffs next year. I could have, I could also be wrong, but that's my thought. What do you think? Hmm. I think he's going to stay static. Static. All right. I, but I think he's going to be right on that border of static and decline. Yeah, now I'm that, with you. Now that we say this, now yeah. watch him. He's come out of ball fucking yeah. fire with seven races yeah. next season. Make yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dumb. Yeah, make but, us look like clowns. But I mean... So. When when we talk about in, inconsistent teams, he's he's another one that's they're either really good or they're really bad. When they're bad, they are very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm gonna stay static at a slow decline. I think we're gonna start to see the downfall of Joey Logano, and maybe in the next couple years, retirement on the horizon. Yep. Yep, I'm with you. So, all right. Next up, Martin Truex Jr. Um, I'm actually going to put Truex at static just because uh, when you look at the fact that regular season, they were incredible playoffs. It was a nightmare. I mean, the fact that he made it as far as he did um, is really just a testament to how good of a regular season he had. So, uh, yeah, he... I think he's going to be static because if they can do what they did this year during the regular season, I think it'll set them up for a much better playoff run just because they can't have that kind of horrible luck, you know, two years in a row in the playoffs. I wouldn't think anyway. So that's, that's my pick on Truex. What do you got? I think I'm going to go static also. I think if you get rid of that crew chief of his, that put them behind the eight ball a lot. And I'm not going to say I hated every call, but I, I question a lot of the calls that they made, that yep. he made. Um, and I think that's because I'm used to him being with Cole Pern and being at a championship caliber level. But that being said, I see them staying static. I, I could see him winning a couple races here and there. Um, but they got 
that crew chief of his has got to figure it out. It, it's either get your shit together or you're not going to win a championship. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. So, all right. Next up, we've got Ross Chastain. So, um, Chastain, if you look at his 2022 to 2023 year, um, pretty close. 2022 was definitely better. They had an average, he had an average finish of 13th, just over 13th place. Um, he led 692 laps. He had 21 top tens, 15 top fives, two wins. 2023, he led 640 laps. He had 14 top tens, 10 top fives, and two wins. So the wins were the same, but he was down, you know, quite a bit um, on the top fives and top tens, and his average finish was 15th. I I think Chastain getting the win at Phoenix is huge. I think the dude can still drive, and I I think he's going to be on the rise uh, next season. I agree, and and I think with the partnership with Bush Anheuser Bush next season, and and I think I think that will just secure him in the one for the I'm going to say the near future yeah because I, I think Zane Smith is going to be the replacement for Daniel Suarez I really do um now that being said I think Ross Chastain's going to be on the rise like I I said earlier in the podcast um I think Justin Marks which is a I think one of the better owners in NASCAR and he hasn't been in, in the sport very long I think he needs to sit Ross down and say, look, I don't care what you do and what you have to do, who you piss off. Yep. You're, you're not here to please every other owner. You're, you're here to make this company happy. You're here to make this organization go. I think he just turned himself into Trackhouse's a driver. Yep. Um, I without think he's a doubt. Gonna, oh, hands down. And if, if anybody wants to argue that, uh, you can come to discord anytime and we can debate it. <laughs> come at me, bro. hundred <laughs> percent. And I'll come right back at you. But I think, I think we're going to see a, a new side of rock Ross next season. I really do. I think we're going to see, he's another guy that has a ton of untapped potential. He just, yeah. he ruffles feathers. And if you don't fucking like it, then I don't know what to tell you. Yep. I, I could see him having a William Byron season next season. I really could. Yeah. I've said that about others, but Dude, fucking Ross is, he's a killer. He's got yep. a killer instinct, and if he's not afraid to show it, and he's not afraid to use it either. No, he's not. No, he's not. The sport of NASCAR needs a Ross Chastain. Mm -hmm. Definitely. The I don't give a fuck tour needs to come back. Yep, and I think it will. All right, huh? next up, Denny Hamlin. So, I... Believe it or not, I actually think Denny's going to be better next year than he was this year. Um, if you look at Denny, if you look at the last three years, counting 2021, which was obviously the Gen 6 car, Denny had a very good year, finished third in the points, you know, had two wins, 19 top fives, 25 top tens. He averaged, his average finish was eighth. Last year, first year in the next gen car, Two wins, finished fifth in points, 10 top 10, 16 top fives, average finish of 15th. And this season, he bested it. He had three wins, four more top fives. He had 
three more top tens, and he improved his average finish by three positions and finished fifth in the points once again. I think he's got a much better feel for this car. Um, and I think next year we're going to see him really, I, you know, I thought this was going to be the year for him to get the championship. And I think next year is going to be, the, he's one of my favorites going into next season. So yeah, I think he's going to be on the rise. What about you? I completely agree. Um, I think another season in this car, another season figuring things out of what you can and can't do. Let's face it, outside of Kevin Harvick, I think Denny Hamlin's the next closest as far as racing IQ, mm -hmm. car IQ. Um, and, and he puts himself in really good positions. Now, that being said, his crew takes him out of a lot of fucking races. Yeah. But I think Denny going into next season, I agree with you. He's my favorite. He's, he's one of my picks to win the championship. And I think next season is when he gets it done yep all right and then and then i'm gonna shock the world he retires after he wins his championship i'm just throwing <laughs> it out there all right uh that would be a way to go out right off into the sunset all right moving on his teammate christopher bell uh i'm gonna i'm gonna say bell is gonna be static um just because I know Bell has made the final four the last two seasons, but I think they have been the most underwhelming final four seasons that you can have. And keep in mind, I think Christopher Bell in terms of just raw talent is one of the best in all of racing. I, I, I Christopher Bell to me is, is like Kyle Larson, right? Bell could be a championship contender in whatever he wanted to race. I, I, you know, if, if Bell wanted to be a world of outlaws champion, I think he could go out and compete at that level on the sprint cars. If he wanted to dominate USAC, I think he could go do that. Um, you know, he's in NASCAR. I think he can definitely compete at a championship level, but their team really dropped the ball this year. So right now I'm going to say he's going to be static because if they can make the final four again, I think that's incredible. You know, I think that is really you know, when you look at these top teams, obviously they all want to win championships, but I think the new standard is going to be, you know, hey, these guys, we need to be seeing them make that that round of eight. And then, you know, that's a good year. And then, you know, a great season is obviously the final four. And then a outstanding season would be to win the championship, you know. And so I think Bell, if they can just hold serve on what they did um, again this year. I think that's going to be good because overall they they've been so hit or miss. They are they have not been lighting the world on fire, and you know to still get a couple of wins, finish fourth in points. I just yeah, I think I think they can do that again next year, and uh, it'll be a a good year. So what do you say? I think he's going to be static, but. Right there on the cusp of being on the rise. Um, I think, like how I said, Chase Elliott's the stepchild of Hendrick Motorsports. That's how I look at Christopher Bell. He's kind of in the shadows of Joe Gibbs. A lot like um, Eric Jones was. He was there, but wasn't really there, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you don't think uh, of him as a Gibbs driver. You know, he's no. always like the fourth one mentioned. Yeah, and, and and he's always 
I mean, he's always going to be in the shadows of Denny and, and Truex because the personality's there. Yeah. Um, I could see him being static, but on the cusp of on the rise, I really think it's going to. I think he's going to be in a in a do or die situation. Yeah. Next season, I think it. If you don't repeat what he did this season, I could see Christopher Bell with a whole new team that after next season. Because, I mean, let's face it, Chevy keeps plucking away these TRD guys because they don't have anywhere to go. And yep. Christopher Bell's been the underwhelming, underperforming guy at Joe Gibbs Racing outside of last year and this year. Yep. And I don't, I think if he doesn't back it up, we could see him with Stuart Haas next in two years. Yep. I'm with you on that. All right. Next up, William Byron. Um, this. To me, I'm just going to say static. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. The The dude had an absolute insane season. He had six wins, um, you know, 15 top fives, 21 top tens. He had an average finish of 10.9, which is incredible. So finished third in the points. Obviously, they did not get the, the championship, but they had an insane season so for me if they can just be close to that again next year i think it's incredible so um you know i don't i don't know how they could actually have a much better year than this year other than doing what they did again and winning the championship so yeah i'm gonna say static and i'm gonna agree because i don't think you can rise up much further than what he has i mean he could go win eight races but i i don't think i I don't see anybody winning eight races next year i don't either i don't see that happening anymore with this car i think it's too close not with yeah i mean the competition's just closer the cars are closer the teams are closer yep i i could see william doing what he did this year next year yep definitely definitely so all right we got two left. Uh, next up is Kyle Larson, who is actually ranked number one in the 2024 power rankings. Um, Larson had obviously a really good, yet at the same time, up and down season when you think about it. Uh, you know, he had four wins, 15 top fives, 10 top eights, but he had like nine DNFs or something. <laughs> like he had an insane number of DNFs this year, uh, which is just crazy that he had as many DNFs as he had. Um, you know, he had eight DNFs this season. That's insane. So I think the next closest driver was like six DNFs. So for him to finish second in points and have that many DNFs, um, to me, I actually think they can be better next year, which is crazy to say because if you look at the season that he had, it was it was really, really good. But I'm going to put him on the rise just because I think they had a lot of missed opportunities that they can close the deal on next year. I agree. And, and 
And if you look at his DNFs, they're fucking stupid. They're bonehead. Yes, most of them are. Mm -hmm. And and it's it's not Kyle Larson like. And I think when you go to doubting Kyle Larson, I'm going to look back to when he was not in NASCAR and everybody was looking down at him like, what the hell? What are you doing? And he came out swinging and won a shitload of sprint car races, came back and and rebounded, I think, in, a, in the best way possible. And I could see that coming from him next season. Yeah, yep. um, I, I'm with you. As long as he doesn't beat Austin Dillon out for the most DNFs with 10, I think we could be crowning him as a champion next season, and he could be a two-time champion. But he's got to quit with the bonehead mistakes. But he's on the rise for me for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Because uh, if they can clean those up, then yeah. He's and somebody he's I see competing for a championship every year. Exactly. And he, he fell victim of that fucking point scandal mm-hmm. with Hendrick. And, yep. uh, I mean, it didn't hurt him, but it didn't help him either. Yep. So. All right. Last but not least, our champion, Ryan Blaney. Um, I'm actually going to have him on the rise. Uh, now, let me clarify what I mean by that. That does not mean I think Blaney's going to win the championship next year. I do think he has a shot. Um, what I mean is, is if you look at Blaney's season, we talked about it a little while ago. They were not good for the first half almost the first two thirds of it, you know, they really came on the last third of the season. So I think Blaney can actually have a much better year next year. And, you know, when you can close out with a championship, right, that gives you so much more in the way of confidence. Um, Confidence is so huge in any sport, especially racing where um, you look at the, the field nowadays with, you know, the, it's been leveled with, the rules and the cars and everything else. So I actually think Blaney can have a better season next season. Overall, they might not win the championship, but I think he could have a better season next season in terms of consistency and wins, um, top fives, um, et cetera. You know, if you look at the year that he had, you know, 2021, the last year of the Gen 6 was a really good year for him. He had 20 top tens, 11 top fives, three wins. Now he finished seventh in the points, but overall had a, had a good, a good year. Um, last year he made it to the playoffs. Didn't have a win. He had 12 top fives, 17 top tens. He had three poles. They showed speed and he led quite a few laps. He led over 600 laps, um, had an average finish of 13th. This year he won the championship and, he had three wins, but he had only eight top fives. He had 18 top tens, so he, he improved that. But his average finish was actually worse, and his average start was worse than last year. The, the main thing that improved was the wins, and that all came in the, the last third of the season. So I think that they could have a much better year next year, and I think they will. How about you? I completely agree. I think they're going to build off of this championship and we both know momentum's everything oh People yeah can say momentum's not real it, it's freaking real um now that they got some momentum especially that 12 team i mean they were 
they were terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But but like a clutch team, they they turned it on. And it it honestly reminded me a lot of Kevin Harvick's 2014 season. Showed a lot of speed, would have a lot of misfortune on the way, whether it's part failures, stupid mistakes, or just not finishing good. And then when the playoffs hit, they they turned up the wick, and that's what he did. He stayed, I'm going to say, relatively quiet. He made moves when he needed to make moves through the playoffs. And then that championship race, he, I mean, by, had by far the fastest car. Yeah. Uh, and, and hit a walk-off, I'm going to say. I I could, I don't want to say I'm going to see him repeat, but I think he's just made, inserted his name into every championship conversation that anybody will have going forward. And yep. I think this new Ford body is only going to help them. Definitely. Definitely. I'm with you on that. So, all right. Well, that is going to do it for our NASCAR driver evaluation 2020 20, our 2024 way too early to tell driver evaluation I should call it we will revisit this next year at this time after at the end of the season maybe not after after the season but maybe sometime in the playoffs probably sometime heading into the playoffs we'll we'll evaluate this and see how we did um in comparison to what our predictions were so anyways that is going to do it. That's going to be our wrap-up for the season. Like I said, we will be back after Thanksgiving, uh, first or second week in December. Um, so just make sure that you are, you know, that you're following the podcast, whether it's Apple Pod, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. We're on all of them. Um, just make sure that you're following. And, uh, yeah, keep your eyes out or keep your eyes open for the next one to drop. But yeah, this will, this is going to do it for now. Um, it's been another great season. I want to thank everybody, um, who listens and downloads and is subscribed and following us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, Keith and I do this literally just for fun. I, you know what I mean? Like we have zero, um, uh, like expectations for this, um, you know, I, we get a, a few hundred listens an episode and it's awesome. I, <laughs> I don't care. Like it, as long as there's somebody listening, we'll keep doing it because it's just fun. So yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome. hundred percent. Yep. And like Tommy said, I, I think each and every one of you guys are for supporting us. I, I look at it as two old guys sitting at a McDonald's, just shooting the shit. Yep. Uh, we both just love talking about racing. Uh, we're old gearheads. I say yep. old, not only in my thirties, but still, <laughs> <laughs> but we just, we just enjoyed talking racing, whether it's talking shit about racers or yep. complaining about NASCAR and anything in between. And, we couldn't do it without your guys' support. And yeah. it truly means a lot to me. Um, it's crazy to think that I've been a co-host now two years, I think. Yeah, it's about, about a year and a half or something like that. Yeah, you came on started, the second half of the first year or something. Started out as a guest and, yeah. and ma, we made it. Yeah, stuck around. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, we'll have a bunch of, I got a bunch of stuff planned for the pod next year. Um, a lot of a lot of and changes and improvements better. yeah so get better. yeah more video stuff and 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 stuff like that so but yeah you guys that's gonna do it thank you very much as always for joining us keith my man enjoy the new house 
um, have a good Thanksgiving if I don't talk to you before then. And uh, yeah, all of you out there have a, have a good holiday. Um, We'll be back after Thanksgiving sometime in December and enjoy the little bit of racing we have left. All of you USAC midget fans, because that's about all that's left. So anyways, that'll do it. Thank you guys very much as always for joining us. And until next time, take care.